office, baby! Woo! For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us. And binds us. Luminous beings shall be not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Episode 69 of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. A very special, extra sexy episode. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Yeah, I think that's about as far as it's going to go. I don't I really. I think that's the end of it. <laughs> you think that's the end of it, or you don't think that's the end of it? No, oh, I think we blew our 69 load right there. Mmm, <coughs> blew our 69 load, he says. Starting off, coming on strong in the first strong. couple minutes. Um, yeah, so episode 69. I, 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 I briefly thought about how we could try to make this some sort of extra special sexy episode, but I came up with nothing. I mean, not unless you and I want to dress up in lingerie. This one time, I was watching some Star Wars, and I got a boner. That was very sexy times. It's a little something for our Cross Rogue One and Blue Harvest listeners. We had a uh, a little issue with someone stealing content this week. Really? Yep, and uh, you know Johnny was just uh, ready to jump on that dude. Fuck that guy with that one. So, Dude, right? Um, I think Johnny can't wait to fuck that guy. Like, And not, not in the... Not in the uh, the sexual sense, but like. But look, what? Think, let's talk about it. Like, what if he was? <laughs> I think he's on the hunt. Like, he's, he's like, who is waiting my for next someone target? to slip up? I mean, this yeah. dude fucked up in Who's a big bad way. Off this week, this dude. I mean, this dude was not just some poor bastard that that managed to say something bad about Johnny on Twitter. This was literally someone that deserved a good fucking. A good fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. I got behind this one this week, I gotta say. I was like, yeah, this this is a good candidate to fuck. What you got if, behind that guy. How how and funny would that be if dude fuck that guy was just a list of dudes Johnny wanted to have sex with? Yeah. You know who's at the top of that list? Taryn Edgerton. I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but if I had to guess Johnny's top three dudes he'd, he'd rumble with in a sexual encounter would be Taryn Edgerton. 
um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. And Johnny Grasso. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I think Johnny Grasso has sex with himself every morning in the shower, but... He's like, would you fuck me? At least from I'd the pictures me. and videos I've gotten. <coughs> so, enough about that. How about I give these guys some business before we jump into a small piece of Star Wars news and then do some emails from our friends. Why don't you give them that business? If you want to like us on Facebook, you can at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. You can follow us on Twitter at blueharvestpod, and you can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We've also got shirts and shit for sale at tpublic.com slash blueharvestpodcast. So get on that. <clears throat> so uh, how's your week been, buddy? It's been good. Right on. I've uh, been doing some yard work and some car work. That's what you were telling me about last week. Yep, a little more of that action. Did some tax work. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, what what were you having to do to your car? Um, Just... uh. There, it was running low on oil, so I needed to re-up the oil and some tire action. I gotcha. I gotcha. So, uh, not having to break out your own window with a brick. No, nothing that, uh, nothing that violent. So I would say that's a improvement. Right. <clears throat> I have a funny story to tell you. Um, you know how, well, I don't know if I've brought this up on the podcast or not. But, uh, you know, I'm handicapped. And I know I've I've tried to express to you and Jesse and a couple other people that every now and then you get the kind of stranger you meet that for some reason they see me in the wheelchair and they're like, oh, he's physically handicapped. He must also be mentally handicapped. Oh, my goodness. Right? Well, Jesse had a conversation with someone this week. Um, and I'm going to try and be as vague as possible because this person didn't mean any harm. It's just funny because finally Jesse got to see evidence of this. Cause when I tell Jesse that she's like, no, that's not true. No. Well, Jesse was having this conversation with this person and she it somehow I came up and she mentioned that I had spina bifida and then I was in a wheelchair. The girl's reaction was those people have so much love to give and i just think it's so great so there you go i'm one of those people oh wow and uh, i don't remember all the specifics because i was too busy like laughing when jesse was telling me this and being like see see what i mean but the the girl definitely thought that meant i had some sort of right mental impairment yeah so uh and then she proceeded, proceeded to tell Jesse about how she went to this camp that was like, um, you know, half kids that were, you know, physically able and the other half were either mentally or physically handicapped. And right. just, to, you know, kept trying to relate to Jesse. And Jesse was just like, uh, you you do realize like he's he's got all his capabilities, right? Like he just has a problem walking. Just Except got that one, that one little leg. That one bad leg, man, is holding me back. Just wait, man. Robot pants. Robot pants or robot legs. I would prefer, if I'm going to be honest, robot pants. Because robot legs means amputation and replacement with a leg. And while it would definitely be worth it, I would rather just be able to put on my fucking eye pants with Bluetooth speaker technology. See, that's that's what I would prescribe if I was Dr. Technology. Because 
you can get out of those. You know, like you can go chill in the bath, you know, with your regular legs or just, you know, step out of the robot pants, chill on the couch. Yeah. You know, you don't want you don't want <coughs> the robot legs that, you know, if you blow a, a fuse or a servo, you know, then you're just stuck in one place to get new legs. Yeah. And you or know somebody what? could like hand truck you around. Wow. Hand truck. Just use a big old, like, like they're moving me like furniture. Like they just got a new apartment and they're like, well, we got to move this motherfucker. Hey, it's, you got the dolly? His, his charge ran out on his robot legs. Using a dolly. That's fucked up. <laughs> Dr. Technology, by the way, is going to be a new nickname to add to your mini list of nicknames oh. on this podcast. Wow. Dr. Will Witten. Doc, Will Witten. Dr. Technology. Dr. <laughs> Ash Crusher. Ash. Ass Crusher. So, um, do you want to do a little Star Wars news? We've got one thing to sort of cover this week. Yeah, let's do it. Um, it's a little slow. Um, but it's going to start ramping up here soon. We've got uh, the premiere of Rebels Season 3 tomorrow. I'm excited about that. And then the following Friday, we have their Force Friday, Rogue Friday event, whatever it is, you know, where they release all the toys and cups and dishes and blankets and grapes and oranges. So that's always an exciting time. And... Um, a couple weeks after that will be only two months from Rogue One. But look, let's look to the future a little bit with this piece of news. Apparently, Bob Iger this week spoke with The Rap, and he had this to say about the future of Star Wars. I had a meeting yesterday with Kathleen Kennedy, and we mapped it out. Well, we reviewed the Star Wars plans that we have until 2020, Iger said. We have movies in development for Star Wars till then, and we're still we started talking about what we're going to do in 2021 and beyond. So basically, no shit. You're not telling us anything we didn't know was coming, but I still like hearing the uh, confirmation that once this trilogy wraps up and we get these three um, standalone movies, that's not going to be it. They've, They've got stuff planned for after that, so... Um, Also in this article, he mentions that a writer has been hired for the as-yet-unannounced third spinoff movie or Star Wars story or whatever it is that they're going to be calling it. And uh, But that was all the information they had. No information on what that movie's going to be or anything like that. I'm hoping it's Boba Fett. Some people are hoping it's uh, Obi-Wan. But it'll be interesting to see. Do you think... Uh, when he talks about their plans um, in 2021 and going forward, that uh, I'm not even going to say if, I'm going to say when we get a trilogy that follows up the sequel trilogy, do you think we're going to get a break after 2019 of a couple of years or or longer um, before that uh, sequel trilogy ramps up? Or do you think think it's going to turn around and and we're going to get the episode 10 in like 2021? I I think there'll be a break just because the the actors that participate will want to pursue something else to flesh out their their background, you know, like True. I think they would get Star Wars bored. You know, they're want to they're going to want to go do some indie films to keep up their street street cred and you know, do something that's not Star Wars just so 
they appear in the mainstream as still legit actors, not one-trick ponies. Yeah, and you know, honestly though, <clears throat> they they can still do that. Um while filming Star Wars, you know, they're not filming Star Wars 24/7 all year. They have breaks and John Boyega signed on to do Pacific Rim 2. Daisy Ridley recently did a voice in uh, the newest Studio Ghibli. Is that how you say it? Ghibli? Ghibli? Yeah. Ghibli? Studio Ghibli. Um, movie. Um, so, you know, but I, I do know what you're saying. They might need a little break. Um, I think that's a good opportunity. If they want to do a trilogy standalone series, like... Let's, I mean, let's say Han Solo, which comes out in 2018, is super successful. Then by 2021, maybe we see the sequel to that. Right. You know? And that, I think you're right. If you want to do some standalone action, I think that's a great way to do it and a great time to do it. I'll, I'll be honest. You know, a lot of people, there was that rumor, which has been debunked over and over again, that Lucasfilm is working on a trilogy of Obi-Wan movies. And I'm going to be completely honest. That sounds great to me. Having Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan, that sounds great. I don't know what you could do in a trilogy, though, without doing too much in between um, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Um, that seems like the perfect opportunity to do a one-off movie, you know? But you um, have 20 years. I mean, that is true. That, um, but you, you've got twenty years to play with. I feel like, and mm-hmm. I, you know, if you did a trilogy, I don't feel like every single movie would have to come back to back to back. The first one could happen, then let five years pass, then the next one happen. You know, right? Let five years pass, and then the third yeah. one. I mean, I could see that. That's for sure. It's just there's something about Obi Wan's time on Tatooine that I kind of feel like is. I don't know, less adventurous and more reflective on his part. But you know you what? Know. I would be okay. See, like, to me, those movies wouldn't have to follow the formula. Like, what if you did... They wouldn't have to be these action-packed, breakneck pace epics that the saga films are. Right. You know, what if these Obi-Wan movies were reflective? And like super pensive, or you know, I don't. Not ab- abstract is not the w- word I'm looking for, but more, more on like the open nature of the force, kind of like we talked about last week. Right. You know, I mean, I could see that working in one hand, but I also think, and I know I use this uh, example all the time. I really gotta freshen up my examples, but think about Marvel. You know. Um, and, and in some ways, Star Wars is the epitome. It's the OG comic book movie, you know? And, yeah. like, there are Marvel movies with different tones and different styles. Uh, I was just watching The Winter Soldier again um, this week, and it's one of my favorites. And it is, you know, sort of a espionage, spy, political thriller. But right. at the end of the day, it's a kick-ass action comic book movie and like ant-man ant-man more, and guardians once again more, more comedic, comedic but at the end of the day kick-ass superhero movie so i think you know i don't know that you're ever going to get a star wars movie and not not saying this is what you were suggesting but a star wars movie that's an hour and a half 
two hours of Obi-Wan just brooding and reflecting, you know? Um, yeah, and, I, you know, I don't need that, you know, but... No, 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 no. I don't, I don't need 45 minutes of him swinging a lightsaber, you know? I, I, I believe there's still enough evil in the galaxy that needs to be kept at bay that wouldn't even necessarily need a lightsaber fight, you know, right. like would still need his prowess and attunement with the force, but not necessarily in a lightsaber battling action way. Not saying I wouldn't love to see him use the lightsaber, but I think you gotta, like, I think doing an Obi-Wan movie and he never uses the lightsaber. I'd be like, wow. Whoa. What is going on here? And I, I know it seems ridiculous and I know everyone would disagree with me, but to me, and I, maybe this is watching too much anime, but him being so powerful that he never has to use the lightsaber, you know, like that's true power, true attunement with the force to where, you know, the man never even has to pull it out. You know, that's that's epic to me. But, you know, yeah. I know you couldn't do a whole movie like that. Well, and also you run into that issue where like, if you have him doing too much crazy stuff, like some of the stuff he does in the prequels comes close to this, in my opinion. But you can also sort of explain it away by like, he's an old man by the time A New Hope comes around. So he's less spry. But if you have him doing some really crazy stuff we've never seen, then you, then you would wonder in A New Hope, then like, you see what I'm saying? Like, well, if Obi-Wan could do that 10 years before A New Hope, why doesn't he just do that? In a new right. hope, you know, right? Um, it's just one of those. It's a it's a weird thing that you sort of have to that line you have to tread in Star Wars, and we've talked about this, like with Darth Vader and Rogue One and stuff. When you have previously established precedents for what these characters are like and and can do at a certain point in their life, and you don't want to invalidate that with something earlier that sort of makes it seem like you know, they're lesser in the original trilogy or something. Um, yeah. But that's why you have the story group and, and things like that to keep that kind of stuff <coughs> in check. Um, you know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to once we get the Han Solo movie, we get the maybe the Boba Fett movie, maybe the Obi-Wan movie, after we get these movies that people have been talking about and speculating about for years now, I want to see where they go after that. Like, are we going to get standalone movies about characters that are introduced in the sequel trilogy? You know? I mean, take this sandbox and go way back. Do that Knights of the Old Republic thing. Like, show me hyperspace wars and oh, yeah. I mean, Star all Wars day. galaxy history. That's the trilogy I want to see. I want to see ancient Star Wars, you know, early Jedi, lots of Sith. You know, that's what I, that's the, the spinoff trilogy I would like to see. Don't, I say don't take any of the Tales of the Jedi or Knights of the Old Republic stuff into effect, even though I love that stuff, but start with a, There's a so clean. There's so much new yeah, you could do. Start with a clean slate and fucking run with it, man. And if there's things from either of those that you like, then incorporate those like we're seeing them do here and there. Like they like Thrawn, we're getting Thrawn and Rebels, you know? So that's not to say, like, we couldn't get the character of Rebin or, you know, Ulick Quell Drama or Kel Drama or however you say his fucking name. Yeah. You know, it's not to say we couldn't get that in these movies, but, you know, rebuild it from the ground up. See, let me see what to you me, got. 
the best parts of those old stories are the villains. You know, the Exarchoon. Mm-hmm. That was. I felt like the Exarchoon character was awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I dig those, man. I dig those a lot. I, and you know, it's something I, I have the omnibuses uh, on my bookshelf. I want to, when I have the time, I've just been so busy lately. I want to go back and um, read them again just to see, um, you know, if they hold up as well as I, I seem to remember them. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, I just want to see where they're going to go with this whole spinoff thing. Um, as excited, you know, I'm super excited for the the sequel trilogy and what we're going to get in the sequel trilogy. I just, um, I want to see what else they're going to do with the spinoff movie stuff, you know? <clears throat> but that, like I said, that's about it for news this week. Um, you want to get into some emails? Yeah, let's do it. Well, first up, we've got a voice message from our buddy Steve. And this one is directly to you, Will. Uh-oh. That's not it. He oh, no. All right. See? Oh. Will. Like all those idiots in that movie, The Perfect Storm. Oh, embarrassing. I, I got to give you. You know, you did make an effort, though. I got to say that. <laughs> and that, that does nothing to affect my deep affection for Will Whitten. I like how he's like, uh, I, you gave it an effort, though. <laughs> I, I had to give it a good try. I mean, <clears throat> you know, a southern boy is not going to get the, his Bostonian right. Now, this does raise a point. I appreciate, you know, I knew I wasn't going to get it exactly right. But I had to admit, I had to get it off my mind. Because I think about it every time we read one of his emails. But that does bring to to mind, you know, what what movies are out there that do portray good Bostonian accents. You know, um, what's the movie with Matt Damon and uh, uh, The Departed? The Departed. There you go. Did, does the de- my question is, does The Departed do a Bostonian accent justice? Clearly, he didn't like The Perfect Storm. Right. Right. Uh, you know, there's I've never a, seen there's that movie. There's a new one, Finest Hours, about the Coast Guard guys that go out to save that ship broken in half. Yep, yep. And I, I'm not sure if that's Bostonian. It's definitely Northeastern. <laughs> um, how's the town? Yeah, Steve and Richie, let us know. That's yeah. our two Boston guys I know of. Um, let us know how's the departed and how's the town. Yeah. Um. So our first email of the evening is from somebody you know. Will. Uh. It's from a gentleman named Link. Link, I do know Link. Will and Halls. Let me by say start by saying, Will, I fucking miss you with all my heart. The new chef sucks balls. A nice no. guy, but Jesus Christ. Since you've been gone, we haven't had one enchilada with any type of queso sauce. 
It's bullshit, man. Like, seriously, ridiculous. By the way, this is Link, a.k.a. Will's favorite server slash Jesse's server prodigy. Do you want to address that first statement before we get into the meat of his Star Wars talk? Um, uh, That sucks that enchiladas haven't been on point. You know, when you turn over the keys, you hope that whoever's behind the wheel is good at driving the car, but sometimes they're just not, you know, not everybody can be the speed racer. The enchilada, you know, they don't do a queso sauce, I think, because I think my previous chef finds it to be cop a cop out. You know, I don't think he, I think he likes something a little more, I don't know, avant garde. But I'll tell you this: there's nothing wrong with a good queso sauce because if you take your basic queso sauce and you know you can do so many things with it: fire roasted tomatoes or roasted poblanos or you know. Uh, jalapenos like you can you can really make a kick-ass queso sauce it, and it, it won't be just what you're thinking of is just like mexican cheese sauce like mm. you can really blow it out of the water if you put some effort into it with some roasted garlic i mean mm. and that sucks that they haven't had one yet but you're making my ass hungry sorry all right and this is what he has to say about the wars anyways i've been listening to the pod for a while and i love it i'm more of a sports guy but this shit is so fascinating Halls, hearing your voice is like wrapping my ears in velvet while a kitten nibbles on my nose. Oh, Pure wow. bliss. But I have some serious fucking issues at this point. I just got done watching Clone Wars, and Ahsoka is by far my favorite character in the Star Wars universe. There is no wrap-up. Then I start Rebels, and she pops in and out with no explanation. I'm not to the Evader Ahsoka battle yet, but I hear it doesn't end well. Bottom line, we need live-action Ahsoka. We need expla explanations. Why is she not a Jedi? Why did she not die? How did her and Anakin's fallout take place? How did she get white sabers? Why is she not in any of the prequels? Like, seriously, so many questions. Well, hold on. Well, he says, please help me. I'm like a crackhead that has run out of crack. I need more Ahsoka. I'd go so far as to say we need a, stroke, a strictly Ahsoka podcast-only version. Anyways, this is my first email, and I'm typing on an iPhone while I'm in a movie, so excuse any spell spelling errors. I love you guys. Do your thing, and I'm still waiting on an invite to sit on, on a live pod. The ball is in your court. P.S. Halls, Jesse is the bomb.com. Oh, I know. Double P.S. We need to go fuck up the... Oh. Okay, so, um, as to not, as to not uh, stoke the fire of the other podcast, from now on... Instead of saying their name or anything, I think we should replace it with just uh uh. Uh uh. uh, -uh. uh P.S. We need to go fuck up. Uh uh. I don't want to fight those guys. But, you know, if there they hit me first. There are alternatives to fighting. There are. If they hit me first, then maybe I'd come up out of the chair like a fucking sumo wrestler or some shit. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so let's address some of his questions here. He says, um,. Why is she not a Jedi? At the end of season five of Clone Wars, Ahsoka, there's that whole thing where she gets... Um, burned, basically. Yeah, she gets burned. She gets set up for something she didn't do. She feels like the Jedi didn't have her back. And even though they find her innocent and tell her she can be part of the Order again, she's like, no, nah, you guys didn't have my back. Look at all this badass shit I did for you. And then... Um, so she leaves. She leaves the Jedi Order. That's why she's not considered a Jedi anymore. Um, as for why she's not in the prequels, 
Um, that's why. She left the Jedi Order. She wasn't uh, Anakin's Padawan anymore. We know from some of the unproduced Clone Wars stuff that they didn't get to do because the show got canceled. Um, she was going to be involved in helping take back Mandalore. And Anakin was going to be there and he was going to give her um, half of his clone trooper forces, the 501st. And Rex was going to be part of that. And that and that Rex being there is, is part of the reason why she wasn't killed in Order 66. The other reason she's not in any of the prequels is because those prequels were filmed and executed before her character even existed in the universe. Yes, so I'm, were... I'm strictly talking in-universe here. The real reason is is because George, after Revenge of the Sith, George Lucas was like, I want to do a fucking animated TV show. Let's give yeah. Anakin a Padawan. Yeah, and we can, <laughs> and he was like, we can kill her off by episode three. Right, and then and, and the whole fan base was just sitting there watching like, well, that means this, this lady's got to die. And that everybody knows that from the very beginning. But now, um, as Link pointed out, she's into the, almost to the original trilogy era with Rebels. Uh, let's see, what was her, uh, how did her and Anakin's fallout take place? Uh, they didn't really fall out as much as she just left the she order. Bounced. Yeah, how did she get white sabers? I'm not sure about that. Why and how did she get one? white lightsabers? That is a good question. I mean, yeah. that's a really good question. I, I mean, mean, I, I artistically, know they're yeah. trying to walk that middle ground of where she's not a Jedi and she's not a Sith. But I don't know where the white Kyber crystals came from. If even if they're not synthetic, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, that is uh, the reason she has white lightsabers for just the base explanation is Dave Filoni wanted to use that as a visual representation of the fact that she is not a light. She's not light side or she's not dark side. She's not a Jedi anymore. Um, but damn, those white lightsabers look bad ass. They do. Um, uh, as far as a live action Ahsoka movie, while I would think it would be cool, I also wonder, um, I wonder what confusion it would cause bringing such a significant character from the animated universe into the live action universe. Um, there's definitely a way you could do it. And she is a very popular character. Um, so I, I think it could be successful. Um, the question is, like, you know, they're bringing Saul Guerrero into Rogue One, and he was a Clone Wars character, but that is, like, no insult to his character. He is not Ahsoka in, term, in terms of story significance and definitely not in terms of screen time. So that or popularity. Or popularity. Once again, infinitely easier to pull off. Because to the average moviegoer, um, they're not going to sit there and watch the movie and go, oh, Saul Guerrero, uh, am I missing something here? But if that if they want to explore that backstory, it's there. Like, you see what I'm and, saying? And what really sucks is that you've created this fantastic female character that a lot of, you know, that, that has brought a lot of young girls into the fold of Star right. Wars fandom. And you've got to end her story. Like, that's the saddest part. I mean, and don't get me wrong, we've got Ray now. You know, Ray carries on Excellent. that energy incredibly Excellent. well. Yeah. But um but I mean that that's not gonna replace Ahsoka, you know, and, no, and not in a lot a of whole generation lives. of young female Star Wars fans who love Ahsoka. Well, and you know, male fans for that matter, but 
I'm looking at it as a more of like a relatable nature. I'm I'm gonna hold off on my final thoughts on what they're doing or what they have done with Ahsoka until we actually see where they take her character because it's pretty apparent that we haven't seen the last of her now. They've said in several interviews that we haven't. So to me, that means we will be seeing more of her, most likely in Rebels. And, you know, every character has to die at some point, you know? that's uh, Yeah. You don't want to have an immortal character. Um, and Ahsoka, eventually, I would imagine Ahsoka will die. They will do a definitive death for Ahsoka. And while that does suck, because, you know, nobody wants to see their favorite character die, but, like, Han Solo's one of the things that got me into Star Wars, man, and they iced his ass, so... You know what? They, it, they mixed Obi Wan Kenobi in the first, yeah. You know, thirty minutes of the original Star Wars. Oh, it's not thirty minutes, bro. They get on that. They get on the Death Star. They only even get off Tatooine in thirty minutes. Do they not? No, I think it's damn near twenty minutes before you see Luke Skywalker. That's true. Um, but really, what they you know as they just need to make sure to keep creating badass new characters and strong female characters and characters of different races and all that good stuff. And as long as they do that, then, you know, I'm fine with these characters. I like dying as long as they do it in like a, you know, a good meaningful way. And fucking... what I really like about the female representation in the force awakens is that you have Ray, you know, the bastion of hope, you know, the, the new hope, you know, sorry if that's punny, but and then you also have the badass captain phasma. Right, you know, on the the evil side, you know, that's another <laughs> strong female Look, lead. You know, I love some Captain Phasma. Before the movie came out, I was all about gotta get Phasma this and Phasma that. The design of Phasma is fucking, I think, a new classic. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. stands up there. I, that's one thing you got to say about the Force Awakens. The character design, I think, was great. Kylo, uh, the new stormtroopers. All the different versions of the new Stormtroopers. Um, I won't say so much the Starfighters, because they were basically what we'd seen before. Phasma, though, fucking instant classic. I hesitate to call her a badass, because we haven't really seen her be a badass. And that's, that's... what I'm hoping... One thing I'm hoping we get from Episode 8 and 9 is... You know, make me really feel like this lady is super badass. It's the exact, it's the Boba Fett scenario. It is. Like, you never really see him be badass. You just assume that he is in his presence and the way he carries himself. Um, the one scene where she's basically riding Finn's ass for taking his helmet off. <gasps> right. Does give me an air of badassness. Like, oh, and to just be, how she holds herself, you know. To be the leader of all of those troops, you know, you don't get that position by being weak. No, or, I'm not saying she's weak. It's just we didn't see much of her. And then, you know, she sort of just gives up the codes and turns off the shields and gets thrown in a trash compactor. So yeah. I think there's some improvement to be done on Phasma. And I can understand why, you know, they didn't deep delve into Phasma because, you know, this is the establishing movie. You got to establish everybody and you got to hold some stuff back so they, you know, they can emerge in the next couple of movies. I just hope they do that. I hope she does emerge as a you know, a more prominent badass character. <clears throat> and if we, forward. if we follow the, the formula in, I mean, the, the hope is provided in the first movie and, you know, so they got the best of her in the first movie and the second movie is where, you know, 
the uh, the Empire Strikes Back, basically, right. for lack of better explanation. This is where the second movie is where um, the the First Order is gonna drop the other foot on the Resistance, right? Because um, they just annihilated the Galactic Senate and the whole, whole New Republic. He's got one last question. Oh, and what are Inquisitors? Who are they? And who started them? Um, the Inquisitors are... So, the way I understand it... There's an episode in Clone Wars where there's these, like... Um, where the Separatists, you know, under Sidious's command are trying to steal, like, these younglings and these Padawans. Um, and... They even allude to some stuff sort of like that going on in Rebels in those episodes where Ezra is infiltrating the Imperial Cadet Academy. Um, the thing is, is uh, from what I understand, you know, after Order 66, just because someone or, you know, something was extremely Force-sensitive and attuned to the Force didn't necessarily mean that Palpatine would kill them. Sometimes he, if they were young enough to where they, he could do all kinds of fucked up shit to them and mold them to his liking, he would take those kids and then, you know, teach them the dark side. Um, not necessarily Sith teachings, because Inquisitors aren't Sith. Um, you know, teach them a little lightsaber combat, give them some goofy fucking hella lightsabers, and basically they are his attack dogs, uh, they are step below Vader. So I would say several steps below Vader. Um, they're who you send out when you don't feel the problem is, uh, is big enough for Vader to go and handle is the way right. I look at it. And it's, yeah, when it's not big enough for Vader to handle, but when you feel like a battalion of stormtroopers are going to get made clowns of. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> um, so next up, we have Richie from Boston. Will and Halls, as I write this, my Star Wars burnout is still kind of there. And of course, the stuff that I had pre-ordered is still coming in. I got Poe Dameron number six in the mail yesterday, and because Marvel sucks a big fat one, I have yet to receive Poe Dameron number five. Uh, that is a bummer. So that buys me a little time. And then in October, that damn Ahsoka book is being auto-delivered to my Kindle. Fortunately, I also pre-ordered my next book in the Mitch Rap series, so that should keep me occupied long enough for my own build-up to Rogue One. If anyone is interested in thrillers, I highly recommend the late author Vince Flynn. Google that shit. He's got some. He's going off the book a little here, a little non-Star Wars recommendations. Nothing wrong with that. Well, I think you nailed my problem right on the head last week. There's just too much, and I'm trying to consume it all. Black series, Marvel, Del Rey, movies, yikes. I had this whole email typed up about my top five Star Wars moments in life, and then I listened in again. I came up with an Eureka moment based on your conversation about Pablo's tweets in the prequel era Jedi. Remember that moment in Empire when Luke and Obi-Wan are essentially trying to convince Yoda to train Luke? It sounds as if Obi-Wan has had time to turn into a Qui-Gon-type character in his meditations. Yoda, grasping at straws, says, He is too old to begin the training. Now, for years, I thought that Yoda was just throwing out some bullshit to avoid training Luke because he fears training Luke. After listening to your recent conversation, I've come up with a new interpretation. 
As part of that bullshit line, Yoda is reverting back to the old prequel Jedi rules as an excuse. I'm sure if Obi-Wan were there in person, he'd probably look at Yoda and say, Cut the shit, Yoda. You know we don't do things like that anymore. Amazing podcast, as always. Thanks for getting those wills spinning. I think I'll save that other email for a slow week. Richie from Boston. You know, I like that. I, I, I dig that interpretation of Yoda's reticence. Um, and I also sort of see, you know, where the Jedi in the prequel era are coming from in the whole stardom young thing. Because you don't want too many bad outside influences to influence them and, you know. Um, Basically know. what happened to Anakin. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want the thing is is like I have a problem and 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 I on one hand I get it but I also sort of have a problem with the no attachment thing to the Jedi, you know, that the Jedi sort of adhere to in the prequels because you know, I don't necessarily think it is a bad thing to have attachments to people or things. Um but maybe that's not conducive to living how the prequel era Jedi would want you to be like clearly Luke is attached to Leia and Han and Chewie and R2 and 3PO and you know what I'm saying um the thing about attachment is I think I know I think I not the solution but I think I see the other side is that you know fear is the path to the dark side you know and attachment leads to fear of losing what you're attached to. You know, if you become so attached to something that you fear to lose it, that's one step towards the dark side. You know, if you don't become attached to things, you don't, you won't fear losing them. And, you know, that's one step in eradicating fear. It's, it's very Buddhist, I guess, like to, to be connected to the entire universe, but not attached to any one part of it in particular. Right. Um, And, and while that is that, you know, you're right. Like, I do believe that's part of their downfall because, you know, passions and attachments are what will make a warrior protect something. You know, right. if a, a warrior will fight to protect what he does not want to lose, you know, and what he is attached to, you just have to make sure that your attachments are justified and that you don't lose yourself in the fear of losing them, I guess. Right, right. I could see that. You know, this is something that I think uh, is one of the things I'm most excited to see sort of fleshed out in the sequel trilogy. And it, it may be something we don't even get in the movies themselves. It may be in books or something. But how did Luke approach his Jedi Order or Jedi Tribe or whatever it's going to end up being called? Um is it going to be, is he going to follow the prequel era Jedi where Jedi are not allowed to marry or have kids? Or is it going to be, you know, uh, is the whole attachment thing going to be in there? Is there going to be an age requirement where you can't join if you're, you know, too old? Like, is he going to adhere to that stuff or is he going to, um, you know, change it up and do sort of his own thing um and i'll be interested to see what they do with that i totally agree i'm interested to see what they do if they're more scholars than soldiers you know if if combat is secondary in in you know 
is more of a pastime than a than a mandatory class lesson you know um and this goes i mean what we just touched on really hits the nature of kylo ren you know the one thing that ray senses in him is the fear that he'll never be as strong as darth vader like fear is what she can sense from him predominantly um but back to what richie said like that's i think he's right like yoda was using that as an excuse you know, and I, I think for him, again, he's it's fear. Like, that's why Yoda is making up all these excuses. He's scared to create another Darth Vader, or he's scared to half train a Jedi in order to send him off to Darth Vader to become his new apprentice. Right, but, but they got to do something. Like, right, you know and what I'm that's saying? what Obi Wan was like. Come on, man. Like, what other shot do we have? Yeah. Obi Wan's like, dude, this is it. And like, could just be that Yoda's old and cranky. He's like, I am. Not far from dying. I've had to spend my last 23 years or so on this swampy ass planet. You know, don't get any cell reception. I ain't playing fucking Temple Run. I'm just sitting here talking to ghosts all day, son. Like, I'm just cranky. I don't want to deal with this whiny little ass. You know how long it's been since he had Wi Fi? I mean, like. A long time. He, Yoda. He, there's no internet on Dagobah, period. None. None. Zero. There is there's swamp stew and snakes. Um but Yoda's got uh like he may just be copping out, like and not copping out, but like you know, he may understand that the force will balance itself eventually and it, it just may be for beyond my time, <coughs> you know. That could be it. Jetta. I also kinda wonder if Yoda's just sort of fucking with Luke, like you know, trying like, to see how dedicated he really is. Right, right. If he's just going to be like, well, this dude says he's not going to train me, so I'm going to fix my X-Wing and leave, Obi-Wan. I don't know what you want me to do. Right. Um, next up, we have our buddy John writing in. Halls and Will. How's it going, guys? Halls, I hope you're starting to feel better. Yeah, I'm there, man. I got a little bit behind on my podcast listening, but just caught up this week. I had some thoughts I wanted to share in response to some of your emails from your last episode. For rewriting Jar Jar, I think I definitely agree, agree with Will that the whole Gungan race needs improved. So I think they should find the yellow brick road, go to see the wizard, and get the brain that Scare Scarecrow was wanting. King's Tom questions about when the construction of the second Dar Death Star would have begun. I like to use a favorite quote of mine from the movie Contact. It is by S.R. Hayden, or... Haddon, Hayden, owner of Haddon Industries. First rule in government spending. Why build one when you can have two at twice the price? I believe that three years passed between episodes two and three. Count Dooku, Dooku received the designs for the Death Star at the end of Attack of the Clones. That gave Palpatine three years to study the plans, plan for a larger design of it, and begin construction of the first Death Star which at the end of Revenge of the Sith had a very good start on it. A lot of time had not passed between Palpatine's declaration of the Galactic Empire and the end of the movie. By the end of Episode 2, Palpatine was given quite an enormous amount of power by the Senate to act on the hostilities of the Separatists. I think Palpatine already started funneling money and materials for the second one by the time the first Death Star was being constructed. The actual building of the second one probably didn't begin until the first one was almost finished. 
Some redesigns were needed, of course, like the exclusion of a two-meter exhaust port that resulted in the destruction of the first Death Star. So, I apologize for getting behind on my listening. Say well, and may the Force be with you, Grand Admiral John. Uh, I think he brings up a good point there. I mean, you know, it, uh, hmm, they, I mean, timeline-wise, I, I don't see them being able to whip together a fucking 75% completed Death Star 2 in the, you know, four or five years in between A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. So, they had to have been, it had to have been under construction, you know, before then. Um, so that's interesting. I never really thought about the, the fact that I guess the Death Star doesn't have the exhaust port. Um, and the second one, I mean, it only makes sense that they would get rid of it since that was their downfall in the first yeah. Star Wars, but he brings up some good points. I gotta say, um, all right, next up we got King Tom <clears throat> Halls and Will. First off, I loved Will's analogy from last week. When Pablo says something anti-Kia D. Mundy, I absolutely cut my hand to my ear pose like Hulk Hogan. So I have one thing to say that my buddy Joe and to my buddy Joe and all other three Kia D. Mundy, Mundy ain't, oh, he, he's getting silly, King Tom here. He's making up a term. Kia D. Mundy acts out there. What you gonna do, brother, when Pablo goes <laughs> wild on you? But anyway, okay. I'm psyched for this season of Rebels. The trailers and clips have looked awesome and made me forget about helicopter lightsabers and blaster-resistant spiders. The thing I'm looking forward to the most is the Bindu. Not only is he voiced by the great Tom Baker but he's also got a unique outlook. The clip released this week where he was talking with Kanan shows he has a realistic view of things, something that every other Force-sensitive character in Star Wars canon lacks. But my question is, where do you think they can go with him? Maybe Kanan and Ezra learned to bend the light and the dark, but really that message won't live past on them. Past. I think the saga could use a character with the viewpoint of Bindu, but because this is Rebels, I don't that don't think that philosophy will make it far. Anyways, thanks for the great podcast and for reading your pal King Tom. Um, are you uh, familiar with this whole Bindu concept that they're I'm going not. to be releasing or um, you know, sort I'm, of touching on? I'm not specifically. So, <clears throat> there's been some clips released. He was in the trailer for season three. And, um... It's a giant beast, right? Or Yeah, well, he looks like he's got, like, protuberances coming out of his head. Well, that's a fucking yeah. ACT word for you guys. Protuberances. Um, and he's huge. He's, I don't know, kind of looks like a giant moose creature or something to me. Anyway, he, uh, like you said, voiced by Tom Banker, who, um was one of the Doctor Whos, I believe. Um, he says that he is the one in the middle. He is not the light or the dark. And um, he's, you know, talking to Kanan. Kanan's telling him that he feels like this Sith holocron that Ezra's been fucking with is changing him. And, you know, uh, the Bindu tells Kanan that, you know, an object can't be evil. That... 
what's in the person's heart is what is evil, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I think that is uh, an interesting viewpoint to go on. I, and a lot of times in Star Wars fandom, um, I, and I do it myself, we put this sort of power in these artifacts or items and and stuff. And, you know, who knows if that's necessarily the intention. Um, but if I had to guess, um, the Bindu would be a real convenient out for them Um to have Kanan and Ezra still alive <clears throat> by the end of Rebels because um, a lot of us, me included, can get really hung up on that Yoda line, when gone I am, the last of the Jedi will you be. And if Kanan and Ezra are out there pimping around, um, then that would almost seem like Yoda was lying or it, it conflicts with what we learned and, you know, what we hear in Jedi and stuff. And you don't want that. But if it's one of those situations where they're not Jedi anymore, you know, they take the Ahsoka route. What if they take the Ahsoka route and don't consider themselves Jedi? Then that's technically... An, that's, a, that's a really interesting concept. Uh, that's what I was about to say. Um, I, I, it's one of those things like, you know, the Mortis arc in Clone Wars uh, is one of my favorites because it does get into sort of that weird, ethereal abstract view of the force and stuff and and i like that stuff like i want more of that stuff the spiritual spirituality and um you know just dis- different aspects of the force that we haven't seen yet um it it brings to my mind by the way tom baker was the fourth doctor you're right he, he was he was one of the doctors right on um it brings to my mind the nature of the balance of the force and like you were saying, the Mortis arc in Clone Wars, like if you think about it as the Sith being, you know, on one side of the seesaw and Jedi being on the other, right. then something in the middle, like if the Force really does strive for balance, to be a being that is with true balance and harmony with the Force means that you are neither Jedi nor are you Sith, like which means neither are you fully light nor are you fully dark. You straddle the middle much like Ahsoka, like Ahsoka may be a being, you know, and for that matter, maybe even Qui-Gon Jinn, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn kind of had that rebellious nature to where he wasn't going to go along exactly with what the Jedi Order said. Right. And, you know, some of that rebellious, passionate nature isn't necessarily full on light side, like being, you know, beings like Qui-Gon Jinn and Ahsoka may be more in balance with the nature of the force yeah. than like the Bindu. Yeah. Um, you know, for some reason, I think to me, the balance has always been, you need the light side and you need the dark side. It's the yin and yang. Um, you can't have light without dark and what throws and you can't it in have dark to, without light. Right. And what throws it in, in balance is the Sith because they are, a perversion of the force, even they're a perversion of even the dark side. Um, I, I go back to this several times, like uh, Jason from making star Wars always describes it as it's a cancer, like a healthy balanced body is cancer free, but the cancer that is the Sith comes into the galaxy and no, you no longer have a healthy balanced body. And um, this is, 
this is what I'm most curious about is how do you have dark Jedi? How do you have people strong in the dark side that promote a healthy galaxy? You know, like, well, you know, I, I, it's, I think it's just sort of that sort of, um, I'm trying to think like, like you said, it's the yin and yang. Like you can't have good without evil. Right. What but would we the don't barometer for e- good be? without evil you know it, like in marvel in marvel we know what that looks like that's magneto you know like magneto believes that he is right you know he believes his cause is righteous right even though he's going to be hurting humans you know it, it's the mutant cause and and to a certain degree it is you know mutant beneficial but he will be hurting a lot of people um you know i can see that in the marvel world i i just don't know what it looks like in, in the Star Wars galaxy, you know right. what I mean. That's what I that's what I meant is that I'm curious to see what that looks like. What kind of Jedi is strong in the dark side, but not a Sith? Right. And you know, I don't know if that's what we're approaching in this new trilogy, Episode Eight. You know, and I, I don't know how we handle that, but I, well, I am curious know, to see how that exists and how it happens. I don't because think... we saw it in the Mortis arc with his, you know, the Force being's son was was it was the embodiment of the dark side but wasn't sith right yeah 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 i think you're right and the the daughter was the light side and i think the father was sort of in the middle Both. yeah so you know it's it, the bindu is not even really a, a brand new concept um it's just you know how will this affect star wars telling storytelling going on that really interests me like are they going to take this concept and run with it is it going to be in the animation only um and and i brought this up on rogue one this week um i can't remember where it comes from it's one of the visual dictionaries or source books or something that came out for the force awakens but the description for kylo is that he's very powerful because he combines the light side and dark side powers basically you know and um and i don't think just because you know uh someone is dark side like you know uh, let's use kylo as an example like even though he's sith that doesn't mean the jedi should just sit back and let him do his thing you know right um i think you know he is a threat to the galaxy to the peace of the galaxy um, so he needs to be eliminated. Um, and you know, but it seems like he's being perverted by Snoke. Right. Right. Or he's being led by some truth. That's not a truth. Like I will make you stronger. You know, Darth Vader, Darth Vader was strong and his giving into the light side is what made him weak. Like he's, he's being fed this bullshit and like, if he, you know, I, I just wonder, does he need to be eliminated or does he need to be brought back into the fold? And that's a, you know, that's a question we've had. Is there the capable, you know, the possibility for that character's redemption? And both of us don't think so. But it's just interesting to where they're going with this neutrality of the force. Because the first time I ever realized that that was even a thing, like that that even crossed my mind as a possibility was in the Knights of the Old Republic. When you have that old, you know, ex-Jedi, the gray Jedi, the neutral Jedi, who was neither 
light side nor dark side. Right, right. Um, so, we got uh, one last email. And it is from our buddy Luke. Halls and Will. I was listening to the Star Wars Underworld podcast today, and they were discussing the fate of Star Wars beyond Episode Nine. Luke sent this in right before we recorded, and I did not read this. This is going to play into some stuff that we talked about earlier. They theorized that there may not be any episodic movies beyond Episode Nine. They speculated that Lucasfilm may instead choose to concentrate on the Star Wars story. Now, they never said this, this was true. It was just speculation. But it got me thinking. Maybe they will start to have multiple Han Solo movies, a Luke Skywalker trilogy, Knights of Ren, so on and so forth. Would you be okay with it if they started using this model? Or do you feel without the episodic film, Star Wars might lose its uniqueness? I should also say, they did mention that Lucasfilm could concentrate on Star Wars stories now and then come back to the episodes later on. Obviously, how well Rogue One and the Han Solo film spinoff do will greatly affect this. I was just here curious to hear your thoughts. Thanks for the awesome podcast, Luke. Um, I think that if they're going to continue on for God knows how long, eventually they got to come back to the episodic movies. You know, they're, that is going to be their bread and butter. Um, they came out this week, Bob Iger in the same interview said that they don't expect Rogue One to be as successful as The Force Awakens, which is, I mean, talk about Captain Obvious. Like, you're not right. going to be able to recapture the excitement of Episode 7 for a little while. Um, I think the most likely scenario, I don't think they'll immediately go into, say, Episode 10, 11, 12. I think there's two possibly possible you know possible scenarios that they go with i think like we discussed um a few minutes ago we get some sort of spin-off movie trilogy that uh you know takes you know a few years to complete with other spin-offs every other year and then after that they go into say you know the next episodic trilogy 10 11 12 um or it, it could be that the concept of trilogies is just not valid anymore. I don't want to say valid, but you know, the concept of, of keeping these stories contained to just three movies may no longer be the case. You know, it could lose the trilogy structure. Um, I would kind of be bummed about that because I think star Wars, the, the saga films tend to work really well in the trilogy format um, with the, you know, because sort it's of a story, one. it's a story that needs, if for a Michael Jackson term, it needs to sizzle. Like, you need to be able to have a cliffhanger. You know, like, just like the Fourth Awakened did. It left you right at the end with what the hell is going on with Luke Skywalker and who are Ray's parents. You know, just like at the end of The Empire Strikes Back, what the fuck? Darth Vader is his father. What the fuck is going on? Like. If if you resu- if if you lose the trilogy format, you know, I, you're gonna lose that ability to. You're gonna have to tell a story that's self-contained, you know, or you yeah. just do you know, two movie arcs, or you could widen it. It could be more than a trilogy. It could be a four or five movie arc. That's what I'm like, saying. And, you know, I don't you know, know, but 
You, I think you, uh, burp, burp, sorry, buddy. No, you're. I mean, we're we're hitting it on the head. Like, but I mean, you know, Marvel still does that kind of where they they have overarching storylines that go on through several movies of different nature, you know. But I I don't know that's you know I yeah I'm I'm interested you know I don't know how it's gonna go but I'm okay with it staying with the trilogy the trill the the bleh, trilogy the trilogy yes. concept but and I could I could stand more movies as long as you don't lose me like don't don't bait me so hard that I'm pissed that I spent my money and didn't don't lost me basically and I know you love lost but. <laughs> There were some times when I'm watching Lost and I'm like, all right, I got one answer and five more questions. All right, next episode, one answer and five more questions. Like, come the fuck on. How many more questions are you going to pose to me? You're just baiting me at this point. Well, you know, I mean, I there's wanna, always going to be an element like of that. You got, you can't just bring up something and immediately answer it in anything. Uh, I, well, I and, and I'll and even agree, agree, Lost took it a little far sometimes. Still the best TV show ever created. Um and I'll put my name on it. Still the best TV show created for a number of elements. We we could talk about this all day. We'll just lit the charcoal under my ass about Lost. I don't um, want to go see a Star Wars movie and be pissed that I know less than I did going in. You know, like because some of some of those Lost episodes would leave me like that. Be like, okay, now what the fuck? Yeah, I, I, and you know, um, the thing is, like Marvel like you were saying and i know we always use this as an example but using it as an example because it's popular and and it's it's relevant it's relevant and it's what disney is currently doing yeah um you know they they do the trilogy uh structure with their sort of solo movies like iron man captain america thor i'm sure guardians of galaxy will be a trilogy but then with avengers you know we're getting four movies sort of into the wrap-up of this first sort of chunk. But I'm here to tell you guys, unless Avengers 3 and 4 completely tank, there will be an Avengers 5. There will be an Avengers 6. You know, it'll keep going until it's no longer profitable. Same thing for Star Wars. And while I don't think it'll happen anytime soon, eventually um, they'll have to put Star Wars to bed for a little while, just like they're going to have to put Marvel to bed for a little while. And, um, but see, sometimes that's what the doctor ordered, though. And I know this sounds stupid because we're Americans, but you know, you cannot milk the cow until the cow runs dry. the The concept of beating a dead horse until profitability is no longer relevant is not. It does not do the story or the storyline or its nature any justice. And I mean, I hate to use an anime example again, but the fact it, when you do a you do one season of like 13 to 20 episodes and it's so kick ass that you don't do another season i mean the potency of that cinematic work remains but when you dilute it by continuing to milk the cow it loses its relevance and its potency and like you said you may need a break to come around if they're smart they will not continue you know, to just go and go and go until it falls off, until they have a bad one, until people stop seeing Avenger movies. They will put appropriate breaks in place to where they, when they do bring it back, it is monumental. And yeah. I, you know, I, I, I don't know how you do that unless you recast. 
because some of those actors won't be down to for those breaks. You know, they won't hold up age wise for those breaks, but you just can't you can't keep pumping something out until it's no longer good. This is a one place where I feel like Marvel doesn't really apply to this because whenever they are done with this run of Marvel movies and who knows how long that's going to be. Um, and to me, beside you know, there have been some missteps in the Marvel movies. You know, not everyone has been stellar. I think their track record is better than most, you know. Um, and I, I don't think you can take away from what Marvel has done as far as a interconnected, connected uh, cinematic universe. Like, they're they've pulled off some impressive stuff in that regard. But when they are done, when Marvel movies, and and this is the thing, this is what's going to be different about the Disney era of Star Wars versus the Lucas era of Star Wars is, you know, George Lucas could have put out Star Wars Episode Seven or done the prequel trilogy, you know, in 1985. He could have started that, or 86, three years after Return of the Jedi. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of factors to why he didn't, but... One of them was that he wanted, you know, technology to get to a certain point where he could try and reproduce that wow factor that the first Star Wars movie had where people were like, I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. Right. Um, and, you know, George Lucas was content to put Star Wars to bed for fucking 17 years. Um, did stuff here and there, um, books and things like that. Um, but what I think Marvel would do when, when, when Marvel gets put to bed, when it comes back, I ha I'm strongly feel it will be in a reboot capacity. Um, you know, it's, it's common in comics as it is. So, it, you know, that's true. That, um, and the fact that it's not new to the comic book genre means that it can reboot itself as many really times as it needs to. It can create what if universes, right? And, and and that's the other thing. In in the Marvel and DC universe, you have this whole multiverse concept where you can have, let's say, a reboot of the Avengers or Iron Man and bring in a new actor and, and start a new wave of Marvel movies. This is way down in the future. And you can do that without invalidating it, invalid, invalidating the originals by just saying it's, you know. You don't even have to. You could just uh, put that out there for the hardcore comic fans to know, you know? You don't yeah. even have to address it in the movies. Now, yeah. well, now Star Wars is different, and this is definitely, you know, my personal view. I never want a re reboot of Star Wars. Like, I don't want to, to go see a uh, Star Wars A New Hope, the reboot, you know, with a new Luke and a new Han and a Leia. I, would I don't ever want to see that either because... It's, it's like um like a historic text, you know. Even the beginning, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far right. away, it has this historical telling to it. So to retell that story would seem pointless. The story's right. already been told. You know, no one, no one does a um a reboot of the Iliad or you know the Odyssey. Like these are just. They're there. They're they're historic works. They the stories have been told, and you appreciate them for what they are and their place in history. I mean, right. you, we can continue to make new stories and go different places in the timeline, but there's no reason to reboot something that's perfectly good the way it is. Right. Um, 
I would not want them to, but I can see them rebooting the the prequel trilogy before they would ever touch rebooting four, five, and six. You know what? I think the I think the more and more time passes, the or the I think the more movies we get from Disney that don't have Lucas behind them, the more respected the prequel trilogy will become. Um, you know, I can agree with that. So, you know, I, I don't see that happening. And and Disney, like, that was a rumor that came out, you know, during the earlier days of Disney buying out Lucasfilm, and Disney straight up denied it. Now, that's not to say someone, because, you know, Bob Iger's not going to be there forever. Eventually, he's going to have someone take his place. And, you know, when that dude's calling the shots, who knows? It's Who knows what's fair game at that point, you know? Um, it'll be interesting to see. That's one thing that we never really had to think about, um, before as Star Wars fans is who takes over after George Lucas. Now we're in that era. Now we know the answer to that is Kathleen Kennedy. But once again, once Kathleen Kennedy is not the head of Lucasfilm and someone takes her place, you know, what direction are they going to want to take Star Wars? And it's going to be interesting to watch, going forward in that regard i think yeah um, there there will be a time when someone's at the helm that was not involved with the original magic you know i mean yeah it, it's only a matter of time you know these people have a finite time on this earth and it's a half a generation away yeah yeah exactly by the time we are we are too old to care about star wars movies and that's going to be very old for me uh, hopefully i make it that far um Bro, when you don't care about Star Wars movies anymore, it'd be because you don't realize that there are new Star, Star Wars. Wars. Exactly, movie. that's what I'm talking about. By that time, you know it's going to be a completely different ball game. And uh, I could see them putting Star Wars to bed. To get back to, it. I could see them putting Star Wars to bed for a little while. I just hope it's not for too long. Whenever they do, just because of what we're talking about. Like I want. I'm like, I don't want to die before episodes 10, 11, and 12 come out, or, or, or fucking 13, 14, and 15. And, and you know what? I believe that technology, honestly, science and technology in the real world have a bearing on that, because the same way that Star Trek, you know, and is influenced by, you know, the story, have, the stories and the tech, the fact that it's science fiction set in the future and that the capabilities of starships and space travel and, you know, beam weapons and all this kind of stuff is still fantastical is what allows some of the magic to still happen. As we progress as a society and a culture, as we progress technologically, some of these things that were fantasy will become reality. And the fantasy will have to be go will have to go further into the fantastical. It'll have to go further into the fiction than the science. Right. You know, just a, just a, you know what I'm saying, a step ahead in science fiction. And that's when I think we'll see evolution, you know, yeah. because it'll have to become something different than what it was based on where we are as a society. I'm yes. Way to go, buddy. Bringing it deep here at the end. But it'll never change the 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 story and the parable of the hero will never change. Right. Right, and at its core, that'll probably be its its most important important motivating factor as far as the story goes. Like, that's the other thing. Like, he, Star Wars is not independently owned now. There's 
it's uh, it's part of a multi-billion dollar company with shareholders and and stocks and things like that so you know it's a different ball game and we'll see where it goes but uh i think that's gonna about do it for us this week buddy all Th- right thanks for the time taking the time to record with me you know i love it um if you guys like our theme song please 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 support the band who lets us use their music for that theme song they are stoned cobra and you can get their stuff on itunes on spotify and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com um we got shirts and stuff for sale at tpublic.com slash blue harvest podcast and uh follow will on twitter at will Witten three and uh you got anything else to add buddy i think you hit it all boss all righty well for Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast, I'm your host, Holmes Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. <laughs>